It's so it's so crazy. Like I'm, I'm being radicalized. I am steadily being radicalized not to be. by these people. Jeez, They're fucking psychos. Oh, so many crazy people. Who are the, who are these people? Well, we'll do we'll do it on the podcast. Well, we're this is the podcast. We're recording, aren't we? Wait, is this a? Are I we doing we regular? Are. What are we doing? No, exactly. this is this is a this is a oh, this subscribers. Is only one, yeah. It can start any time. Okay. So I say it started three minutes ago. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We, we can find. We can find. The, you know what? When we were coming now. up with Ben and Jerry's, right the Ben and Jerry's names for their new ice creams, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to share those. Shahid and Shahid. <laughs> Martyrs ice cream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. By the way, there was an article in I uh, made passion a, fruit paradise passion fruit. <laughs> I made a joke. Jihad jambalaya. I made a joke to a friend of mine who was Jewish and uh, they did think it was funny, but there was a article in the New York post about this radical lefty lawyer who is, uh, has represented Hamas in the past uh-huh. and was basically supporting Hamas when they were being interviewed by the New York post. And his last name is Cohen and he grew up Orthodox. And it's like, at the end of the day, even Hamas needs Jewish lawyers, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kanye. Yeah. That is a Kanye yeah. lyric. Well, that's a great my episode. Lawyer's, of, my uh, lawyer's Jewish. If I get sued, my lawyer's Jews. He's very clear about there's that. There's a great episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm about that. When Larry David gets a divorce lawyer, named Berg, and then at some point finds out that this Berg is actually Swedish and tries to run mm-hmm. race back to fire him, and he's already lost all of his money. So this is, <laughs> this is a joke that is Jews and non-Jews both appreciate, because um, it is a celebrating the Jewish intellect. Um, so hmm. what's, what's going on beyond what we know what's going on, I suppose? Beyond. Uh, I want to hear more about Camille being radicalized. I, I want to know who well, specifically <clears throat> is radicalizing you. Well, let, we'll get, we'll get what there. What do you mean? But, Let's but start there. We were talking, but quickly, I went to Ben and, Jer- ben and Jerry's um, <laughs> X page, <Yeah. laughs> and it looks like July 12th is the last time they posted, and that was about some brownie ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, but right before that, uh, July 4th, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous Wait, that land. was the July 4th this 4th one? 4th of July. Oh, man. Yes. I can't even imagine. This 4th of July. Yeah. Let's commit to returning it. Wait, what? Let, so maybe they returned their um, X account around that time. Maybe they returned their headquarters in Burlington over to the local <laughs> tribe. I mean, they, they sold the company. To Unilever. Yeah. An, an enormous Dutch multinational... <laughs> Bazillion dollar company, yeah. They sold it to you. So later. maybe they fired the clown who was responsible for tweeting on July 4th. His yeah. name on, was Ben. On July 12th. Yeah. And then yeah. just no more. Yeah. That's, that's it. That was, was that's, that's are, it. Do they have any other social media accounts? Can you check those? Um, I can check those, I suppose. Uh-oh. They probably have, do they have Facebook or are they so anti Semitic uh, that they don't like Mark Zuckerberg either? <laughs> that's probably, that's probably right. <laughs> Let's see. Ben and Jerry's 8.5 million likes. Um, oh, are they, no, they're posting over here. Just um, on Facebook. Um, this is the last um, post from October twelfth. This is October fifteenth. Oh today. boy! Okay. Um, there's still time to do a waffle. Lot of good. I don't know what that. I guess is that waffle. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, now sense. through October seventeenth, we're getting one dollar from every waffle cone purchased in scoop shops to. The IDF. No, to no. Advance, Advancement Project, a national civil rights organization doing important work to end systemic racism. October 12th. Um, the systemic racism that's going on in uh, Gaza is of less concern to them. Uh, yeah, so nothing, yeah, literally, about, nothing about that conflict. Uh, no, okay. nothing about the conflict. Six days ago, 
Did you know indigenous Americans couldn't vote <laughs> in all 50 states until 1962? It's a little more complicated than that, but anyway. Um, uh, so Indigenous Peoples Day, I guess that was. Yeah. So they they are very involved politically, mm-hmm. but just they're sort of selective about the politics that they're involved. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Selective. September twenty eighth. September twenty eighth. Book bans after Florida lawmakers passed HB one fourteen sixty seven in twenty twenty. More than one hundred seventy five thousand Florida students lost access. Two library books. Wait, this is Ben and Jerry's? Part of the school year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has has yeah. anyone told them that they're an ice cream company? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but I'm like, what do they think about tax policy? I I want to know what Hagen Dazs thinks about Oh, they're Nazis. About all those Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Yeah. So yeah, so that's I'm glad we did a real time update on um on uh, Ben Cohen. Well, we know what the people are ur- urgently concerned about. So Your radicalization, Camille. Yeah. Let's, well, yeah, let's we can talk about my radicalization. I'm, well, I'm we can start by by uh, Ben Dreyfus, our dear friend and several-time yeah. gate crasher of our uh, members on the Sunday Zoom things. Uh, he said something similar to what you said just before we started taping, Camille. Uh, he said, yeah, it's a stupid movie with a stupid red pill thing. Um, it happened to me because of all this stupid <laughs> shit people are saying about Hamas. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was That's like right. a day and a half ago. So uh, what's what's your process, Camille? Into well, becoming, look, I, into re-becoming an EUCon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not enough that I'm like now actually officially a theist. I'm now becoming a, a neocon. Like I, I'm just observing all of the media coverage and the the panic and the outrage and people who are chanting free, free, free Palestine, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm deeply confused by what it is they want exactly. I have been refamiliarizing myself with some of the history associated with the conflict. And one of the first questions that I arrived at is, I'm not exactly sure what these people mean when they chant free, 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 free Palestine. I don't know what they think a good outcome would be. It isn't clear to me that any of them have any idea what happened here historically. Yeah. And I'm also, but so I'm, I'm concerned by that. And when I see the demonstrations in the street with free Palestine, and I don't hear some level of deep concern and grief associated with the horrendous conduct of Hamas. And I don't merely mean um, the the conduct of Hamas with respect to the egregious, horrific uh, attack on Israel and these various settlements. Um, I, I also just mean... Though. Kibbutz, they're not in... Uh, kibbutz. Yeah, but by the okay, way, just a, a, a quick, a, a quick um, thing to point out here is that they do say settlements, though, because they believe all of Israel is a settlement. So the entire... Right. like It's, it's all, not the it's 19... It's legal. Yes, it's not the down. 1948 yeah. border. It's not 67. It's not... <laughs> The occupied territory. It's everything is occupied. So continue. Sorry. Yeah. Well, they, they just don't make any sort of differentiation whatsoever um, when they're talking about these things. I'm I'm deeply confused by what it is they're after. I am I am mystified by the the way that they're conducting their campaign. And there are a number of people um, who seem to be, and I can't quantify it. I would, would certainly not suggest it's a majority. I, I suspect most of this. I suspect most of this is motivated by ignorance more than anything else. But I have seen people. Um, and people associated with different leftist organizations openly clamoring for and endorsing Hamas's actions and justifying it in various to various degrees. Mm-hmm. And that is not mystifying. That's terrifying and outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is enough <laughs> for me to say things like, God, these people are going to radicalize me. 
that you're going to make Camille become do you feel less, like- less anti-war than he is. And he, he is vehemently anti-war. Like Camille's just pro-peace. I just don't, I don't like any of it. And I want it to stop. And I, I find myself <laughs> deeply sad by the fact that any of it is going on. And I just want a good outcome here. I don't actually know what a good outcome is. But what's very clear to me is that these people have absolutely no idea what a good outcome can, can is. In I, fact, they seem to want a bad outcome. A, 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 a quick thing on the anti-war thing. And that's something- Can I, can I say something else before sure, we get sure, to sorry, the anti-war sorry, I didn't, I, I, yeah. well, well, just quickly, I'm, I also find myself very frustrated by some of the things I'm seeing on the right. People like Charlie Kirk, who are showing up in various feeds, um, who are talking openly about these like weird questions, just asking questions about what Israel knew, when it knew it, and yeah, how yeah, it yeah, seems yeah, like completely outrageous that something like this could have happened. Hey, did you know that Israel was on the brink of civil war? Did you know that? That that this all seems to benefit Bibi. And I've seen this kind of thing emanating from Which is libertarian the most circles as well. I've ever heard my and it is completely <laughs> so it is completely insane. insane. I, I, w- I would not even give them a free pass, although I would at least be willing to offer them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you just don't know because you're a moron and you, you just well, then you know, don't haven't figured anything. it out yet. But but I would I would maybe give you that if it had been like a day after this happened and we were still a little bit unsure about the the scope and nature of the attack and the speed with which it was executed. But we do know those things now. There really isn't any question now about whether or not they could have responded much faster to get to all of these different places that were being attacked in a coordinated way in a very short period of time across the um, the eastern and northern border um, that they share with Israel um, <clears throat> or that Gaza and Israel share. Like, it, it's just... It's insane to me how insane everyone is being, and yes. it is making me feel like completely crazy. Does it make and you think that maybe no one knows what they're talking about, like basically all the time? <laughs> That's kind of what maybe <laughs> was. Jeez, maybe nobody knows what they're talking about. Um, and yeah, that, I that, suppose so. But it seems like this this is an opportunity. Talk about moral clarity. Like this is an opportunity to just kind of get it right. Yes, I, I like think when people is, yeah. when people are being like kidnapped and murdered, and there's like video of it, and it is Lots. well documented and well established at video. this point. Like yeah. children are disappearing and stuff. Like this seems important when there is a murderous death cult that is launching that is launching rockets indiscriminately into urban centers and is encouraging encouraging the people with whom it's supposed to be ostensibly charged with securing. Um, the Palestinians, when Hamas is saying, ah, you know what, those Israelis, they say they're going to attack here. Don't leave your home. Stay here. Repeatedly stay, stay here. That, that the yeah. best thing you could do is stay yeah. right where you are. It's a trick. The last thing I retweeted was actually in Arabic, um, uh, Al Jazeera, which <laughs> Al Jazeera, of course, is funded by the government of Qatar, um, which I always thought was funny, by the way, that people got very upset that the place I used to work vice was taking money from the Saudis. Okay, fair enough. I didn't work on any of that stuff, but I get it. Um, and there was a bunch of people that were making these comments who had worked for Al Jazeera. And I was like, is it okay to work for the Qatari um, royal family? Is that, is that okay? Because obviously the Qataris are great funders of Hamas. So anyway, a couple of things on this. Um, the intelligence failure thing is, is hilarious when you see people like Charlie Kirk. And I assume that he's taking this position because Donald Trump came out with some incoherent thing where he made up a story about BB backing out of um, – um, the uh, Suleimani, Suleimani strike, yeah. and which turns out not to be true. Of course, that doesn't surprise me in any way. And um, so he's gone. I mean, obviously, Charlie Kirk is taking his marching orders from the moron that that once occupied the White House. Um, but he's like, you know, how could they? How could this have happened? By the way, just a, 
in the damned if you do, damned if you don't thing with Israel, remember the Six-Day War, the Egyptian Air Force was wiped out. 90% of it was wiped out on those first days of airstrikes because the Israeli, in, Israeli intelligence saw that a war was about to be launched and they preemptively uh, hit, uh, particularly the Egyptian Air Force, which was like an incredibly successful strike. Um, still brought up today that they started that war, <laughs> despite the fact that they were pre- preemptively preventing the war that was about to consume them. So you're never going to win there. The, the thing about the anti-war people, this is a phrase that drives me increasingly batty because how does one react as an anti-war ideologue um, when war is visited upon you? Is an anti-war position a surrender position? Because that seems to be what most people think it is and say, well, I'm anti-war. The Israelis cannot respond to this. They should not be doing what they're doing. And I'll tell you this, all the people have been screaming about genocide, which is an incredible, I mean, the abuse of this word genocide is like the abuse of the word fascist in the past. I saw this and I, were, I was noting them down. I have a master document of this for something I want to write about this in the future, do, do um, maybe even a podcast about this in the future, that use that word prior to any Israeli response. The ante- anticipation of the response was itself evidence of genocide. So the anti-war types are saying, well, you know, I'm opposed to war, so therefore I'm opposed to Israel. The, w- the action that was taken, the quote-unquote military action, which I don't consider a military action because it was just a, a slaughter of humans by an irregular army that is the Hamas army. That was what was visited upon Israel. And I suppose Israel is not supposed to respond. Because the question that you ask people in response, what is one supposed to do? Because as we well know that, and this has been the case for a very, very long time, we've known this for a long time, that beneath Gaza, beneath Gaza City, beneath other parts of Gaza, is a vast underground network that Hamas has run out of. Obviously, they're smart enough not to do this above ground. They do some stuff above ground, and then it, they usually put them, you know, in residential buildings and schools, hospitals, et cetera, which people now are denying is true, despite the fact that we know that this is true and we have proof of this. But now we, we, we pretend that that's just Israeli propaganda. But the question in response is, what does one do? Because you are handcuffed, and they know that. This is precisely why they do what they do. And does one think that the massacres that happened It does not encourage more massacres when the response to this is a very, very brief bit of outrage. Uh, There was was great. It was fantastic that people came out and said that this is horrible. It shouldn't be complicated to say that, you know, killing, um, you know, kidnapping old people and children and and women and civilians. Gleefully, barbarously. Barbarously. I mean, it's non-combatants, irrespective of anything about them. Yeah. But shooting up music festivals, I mean, that's a little bit on the edge. Which now, by the way, there's people. It depends on how bad the music is. Yeah. People now deny that that happened and say, oh, it was actually the IDF. There was no IDF around. Of course. Which is the problem. Um, But which is a problem that BB is going to have to deal with because he's not a very popular um, political figure. um, Contra some of these dummies on Twitter, um, not been good for him. But so if one asks, what is the response to this? Okay. So they have you over a barrel and you're supposed to do what exactly? And I, and I do wonder the encouragement of terror when there's an outbreak of protests, Palestinian, pro-Palestinian protests across the world. After they did this, I mean, imagine looking at that from the perspective of one of these murderers and saying, wow, what, that was quite a good job. And here's the thing. Well, no, 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 they're not, they're not pro Hamas. They're just, 
you know, agitating for a, a free Palestinian state. Well, a couple things about this. It's very odd timing that this happened then and not maybe two days before the attack. This happened in response to an attack on civilians. Okay, you want to come out and say, look, I am broadly on the side of the Palestinians, whether it's Hamas, the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, whatever. Okay, so which one of these events started with a prayer, an incantation, a meditation on the murder of children and civilians? Which one? Show me. I can't find it. I'm looking for this. Because all you have to do is get up there and say, we don't support this, but we do support, you know, a Palestinian homeland, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like, God, you know what? Saturday really sucked and it's going to put our cause back. Um, yes. Heart goes out to, I don't know, the, the, the people who woke up in the morning to watch their entire mashav or kibbutz um, slaughtered uh, uh, one by one. Um, by gleeful, at very close combat with hoes and yes. uh, knives and swords and rolling guns. grenades into, into into rooms full of people, safe rooms, safe rooms, safe yeah. rooms of, of humans. That's re- but gosh, that's really hard. That makes our job as peace activists so much harder. Yeah, our heart goes You're out. You're not to a peace them. activist if you um, don't talk about this. Thing. I maybe that video exists. I I would have maybe. thought I haven't seen it that we might have seen some of that. Um, and we haven't, um, it, you know, it's also a time of intense emotionality. And so there are perhaps many things that are going on that we don't know about. I saw a guardian headline and I hesitate almost even to mention this cause I haven't looked at it closely and I don't trust the guardian and I don't trust war reporting in general on all sides right now, especially, um, mm-hmm. but that, uh, in the West bank over the past, uh, since October 7th, that there's been 50, uh, deaths of uh, settlers attacking Palestinians. I don't think it's true, but it might be because no one's looking at it. Yeah. Maybe it hasn't been, it hasn't been looked at. Um, but I, I understand that there might be things that have happened, including maybe there are these peace rallies, but I really do think because there's been so much attention to it paid to that kind of domestic response here. And I would even argue for my own personal uh, point of view, too much attention to it just because, and I'll talk about this later, my own kind of sense of, of, uh, of bad deja vu from, post 9-11 discourse of which I was a very strenuous participant uh, in, um, I think we would have seen some of it. Um, uh, You can't have this much attention, I don't think, in America to an American thing without people coming back with the video. No, look here, we did this prayer at the top. We did this. Of course. uh, We we haven't seen that. No, they showed up with fucking paraglider uh, logos and and backpack patches and shit like that. That is... Some of the most dispiriting images possible. Camille, I, w- I would uh, ask you, you sort of mentioned, you said uh, so much, you use some kind of, of, of phraseology like that, uh, so much of this reaction in uh, America that seemed to be sort of objectively either pro-Hamas or pro even the attack, like the paraglider stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Do we think that it is so much? Um, I- like- like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to quantify yeah, it. It's impossible yeah. to know. Cause you see the worst thing is the stuff that you're going to see over and over again. Right. Um, but what, what has been shocking to me is when you see, you know, the black lives matter, Chicago chapter tweet of the, the guy on the paraglider, um, that they double down. They don't even retreat back and apologize. This is, this would be, I mean, I'm trying to imagine, like the worst possible thing that we saw associated with. And I'm not looking for any sort of equivalence. I'm just drawing on some recent uh, event here, but I'm trying to think like the equivalent would have to be like uh, if on January 6th, like there were actually 
you know, a half dozen people maybe wearing those. And now I'm quantifying it. Maybe this is just a bad analogy. I don't know. But I, I'm just saying that you you see it and then you see it repeated in a number of different places. And you see prominent academics at, uh, at universities who are openly defending in one way, shape or form what's happening here. And they'll say either, well, you we have to put into context what Hamas has done. You have to understand that, they, that, that in general, these people are, are doing things on the left. You know, is this radical? Yes. You know, is it terrible? Yes. But can we judge them? No, we probably can't. Um, the, it's, it's the efforts to rationalize this, and it's the unapologetic doubling down on supporting and explicitly endorsing this kind of behavior. And yeah, it's, it's people going out in public and screaming odious things in the streets of Philadelphia, in the streets of San Francisco, in the streets of New York, in the streets of London. Um, and the, the chants aren't at all ambiguous. Gas the Jews, like out front of the, um, the what is it called? The, the, Sydney the Opera place House. in Sydney? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it may be that there's 30 dozen, that there's 30 people. It may be that there's 50 people there. But I just can't remember any, any sort of, um, anything commensurate to that in the United States for all of the recent panic in recent years about like white supremacy. I'm trying to imagine something like that happening here. And I simply can't. Like, actually, not only can I not imagine it, I can't remember it. <laughs> so it's you, both of those things. You, 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 um, and I was told incessantly no. that this was happening. There was that night um, in, Char in Charlottesville. 200 um, people certainly. saying, you will not replace us. Yeah, which is in Charlottesville. Wearing fucking, but had that, happened, had that happened over and yeah, over and again. Jews will not replace us, they said. Yeah, yeah, and had it happened over and over again, like, that would have been astonishing to me. And this seems to have happened over and over again, like, kind of around the globe, certainly across the country. In, in ways that I find like pretty astonishing. And aspects like, of it might start happening more. We'll see. There's been some backlash. I think, you know, AOC distanced herself poorly, as she always does, um, from the Democratic Socialists of America, notorious. A lot of very fine people stuff going um, on these days. Yeah. Thing in New York. And there's all been, lives, all lives matter. There has been some distancing. There has been, you know, New York Magazine and The Atlantic. Uh, and I'm sure plenty of other places besides have, have written things like, wow, the left really needs to solve its Hamas problem right now. Um, so there, there's been kind of lefty thinking uh, about that. Um, Although doesn't that doesn't that sort of illustrate the point a little bit more to the extent there are people on the left who are saying, whoa, like this is weird. Yeah. Like that's whoa. kind of what I'm that's what I'm responding to. Yeah. Like, that's what feels so strange. Hey, this is strange. But like, the, the, we actually need to get our act together. The, the Trumpian nature of the people in universities, the people that run these Palestinian solidarity groups, these people like like um, Rashida Tlaib, is the very fine people on both sides. The thing that Donald Trump never wanted to do, it's very Trumpian, he never wanted to offend anyone who supported him. He never wanted to get the people to say like, you know, I don't like the Nazis. Like, you know, well, some of these guys are not bad, right? They support me. So therefore they're good. They don't want to offend their constituents. And that's what Rashida Tlaib, you know, who represents um, a district in Michigan. A lot of, Although um, he did actually say that he didn't like the Nazis. In he did actually. In that speech, he that says, we, we hate racism. It yeah. is, we disavow it completely, et cetera, et cetera. He does um, often and has often like, you know, been very reluctant to criticize people around his side. Especially like as named as groups of people, not Nazis. The sort of a, Nick Fuentes types yeah. of the world. Yeah. And by the way, they, they, this is, this is the limits of anti-racism. We, I mean, there was, there was, you know, how many years 
of MSNBC coverage that was pinned to that Jews will not replace us. Um, you know, a bunch of yahoos marching who, uh, unfortunately, uh-huh. you know, fortunately, not unfortunately, that was, <laughs> I misspoke there, fortunately don't have political influence um, or any large, pl- I mean, I know people would, would say, no, 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 they're all Trump people, et cetera. But I think that's a very marginal group of people. And even now, there, a bunch of the people on the right were running away from them as quickly as they could. When yeah, they had their I mean, second Unite the Right protest a couple of weeks later, no one, no showed, one showed up. up. No one showed up. Yeah, because it was it was toxic to show up. But there's something um, you said universities, and I think this is a really important thing, so much so that I almost last night sat down and pressed record because I was just like it was it was like eating a hole in my brain. I was like, I have to get this out of me. And it's, I'll do a very brief version of this here. And what I think all of this reveals, um, it reveals a lot of things, but one of the things I think is very important and, and overlooked is that we've had conversations and battles about so, so-called wokeness, right? And mm-hmm. we're looking at very micro things. Somebody says something dumb in a university. Um, somebody dumb comes to a university and they try to prevent them from speaking, et cetera. These are big problems. And we have people like Fire and Greg Lukianoff and these people who are fighting those battles. Um, but we were always on that micro thing because they were so fun to talk about because they were so stupid and outrageous. But the camera was very, very tightly focused. And when we zoom it back, there was something that everyone was missing and had been missing for a very long time, was just the insane radicalization of the university is something that was never really quantified. Like how crazy the university has gotten. And I'll give you an example of why people don't care so much about violence being visited upon innocent people in the service of a political cause. Because I wrote a piece a long time ago about the Black Panthers and about a documentary this guy named Stanley Nelson made for PBS, which was an incredible whitewashing of the Panthers. But the, the first scene, the very first person in that film is a woman on camera and she's talking about you know, how amazing and glorious those times were and how they fought for, for anti-racism and fought for, for civil rights and the rest of it. And that was Erica Huggins, a former Panther, who is, guess what, a professor at, I think, Middlebury College? Erica Huggins, as I pointed out in the piece, um, was complicit in the murder of somebody they believed, a Black Panther, young kid named Alex Rackley, who they tortured. And do we know that that's true? Well, yeah, they audio taped it. And we have the audio tape of them pouring boiling uh, pots of water over Alex Rackley. um, And then a guy named Warren Kimbrough disappears him um, and shoots him in the back of the head and in a like a a woods in Connecticut. That's Erica Huggins. Um, Who else is 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 in that movie? I'm sure you can guess that Angela Davis is in that movie who was, you know, on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, somebody who, you know, was in communist countries supporting communist dictators, photographs of her and Eric Honecker. Um, there's a great photograph of her that I found that is not online, but I found it the other day of her with her arm around Yasser Arafat, um, which is unsurprising. And she provided the weapons uh, in a jailbreak that ended up killing a judge and killing a bunch of other people. The gun actually that was registered to her was taped to the judge's head when they when they left the courtroom and and the, in the shootout, the they discharged the gun, blew the blew the um, the judge's head off. Uh, Susan Rosenberg, who was a, in the Nyack robbery that killed the first black policeman in Nyack, Waverly Brown, she went to prison. She got out. She got a couple of academic jobs. There was actually a protest because it was right after 9-11. Hamilton College, except a couple others. Kathy Boudin, who went to prison, um, the, the mother of Chesa Boudin, um, uh, she ended up, uh, she died a couple of years ago. She ended up teaching at 
Columbia Teachers College. Um, who, who raised Chesa? Well, it was Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, uh, two other terrorists from the other underground um, who ended up getting teaching jobs at, I think, Northwestern and another uh, university, maybe the University of Chicago, both at universities in Chicago. The list is really long. Mark Rudd from the SDS who went underground, he was, I think he's a math professor or something at, in New Mexico. There's a long list of people that were engaged in violent, violent struggle, quote unquote struggle, who ended up getting university jobs. It doesn't surprise me at all. And if you look now at the people that are in departments that are usually like, you know, Palestinian studies, Middle Eastern studies, I started looking to this other day. And some of these people are complete sociopaths. I mean, people that support Hamas that have, have you know, done the exact opposite of denouncing what happened the other day or a week ago and have gone on the offensive on this stuff. And people that teach at, I, I ended up watching a bunch of this stuff. Uh, a bunch of University of California schools, UC schools, are full of people that are absolutely radical. Now, beyond the fact that they support violence and have publicly supported violence, you realize that as a student, if you go into one of these classes, you're not getting, you know, here's what happened from two perspectives, read the literature and let's have a conversation about it. You know, you saw the guy at Stanford the other day who apparently is a friend of um, uh, Colin Kaepernick's, who uh, separated the Jewish students in the class. He's been yeah. suspended. Um, and uh, said, well, this is, I didn't even this is what it's like to be um, a Palestinian in occupied uh, uh, territory, right? They, they separated in, in class. I mean, first of all, what is your, are you teaching people or are you there to proselytize and make them believe something? Because that's not teaching. And then, you know, there was a professor. I didn't actually see if this turned out to be um, what it was. It seemed a guy tearing down posters that, that were missing. Yeah, people. that happened in mm -hmm. Michigan. Mich uh, I think it was Michigan, yeah. yeah. I, I, and Peter they, Meyer, our friend, was not happy about it. Yeah, I, I assume that's what, what was actually happening. I didn't see any further confirmation of it. I mean, the media was not... I mean, the media... So many people in the media who go crazy and, you know, find people... Um, that tweeted something when there were 13 of them singing, you know, a Jay-Z lyric and making sure that they don't work ever again, don't seem to be particularly interested in this story or these types of stories. Yeah, advocating murder, cheering on murderous violence seems a little bit worse than dropping N-bombs. Yes, it does. On Facebook. And, 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 or, just, and, or even like being, saying, calling someone a fag. But also, it's, it's, it's also racist violence too, because the point is to kill Jews. And well, people say like, well, I've seen that they killed... Uh, other, I mean, <laughs> racism doesn't work in the sense that like, oh, you see an Arab Israeli, you see them as a collaborator and then you kill them. So that means that when you killed the Jews, it wasn't because they were Jewish. I get it. But, you know, people who are being singled out for, you know, weird um, language mistakes to have their lives ruined forever, they don't seem to be interested in in racism that is is literally enshrined in the founding documents of Hamas, and you can see on Palestinian television, uh, Gaza in Gaza and the PA's television too, every fucking day. If you go to Memory, M-E-M-R-I, the Middle East Media Research Institute, or uh, Palestinian Media Watch, these people who just translate this stuff to give you a sense. If you think that the Ron DeSantis' uh, choices for what kids can read about race um, which has been totally, ridiculously, you know, overplayed and misrepresented. If you think that's a problem, if you think that, as Camille pointed out, the Ben and Jerry's people are talking about oh, book bans and something, do you care in any way, if you're out on the streets protesting, 
what Palestinian children are reading. We, 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 we know of new methods of attack. Okay, well, that was a long sample, and um, I encourage you to go over and sign up at wethefifth.substack.com to get the rest of the episode. There's a lot more interesting conversation. Well, I think it's interesting. I think you will too. So go over and sign up and uh, get the rest of that episode and all the others in the back catalog. There are 180 other ones that you can listen to too, if you have a few spare moments. All right. And we will see you for another freebie episode uh, sometime this week, but don't wait that long. Go over and pay up and, you know, help us produce this podcast. Mm -hmm.